Welcome to Talk is Jericho. It is the pod of thunder and rock and roll. Remedy for boredom has arrived. And guess what? It's Friday. And today is more laughs. It is a laugh riot because Jim Brewer, uh, one of the funniest guys uh, that you're going to meet, just a crazy wacko. And he's also a great rock and roll singer. His new album, his new heavy metal album, Songs from the Garage, comes out today. And guess who makes a special appearance on the record? Former, or maybe future, we don't even know for sure what's going on, ACDC singer Brian Johnson. That's right. He's going to be on Songs from the Garage from Jim Brewer. We're going to hear Jim's story about how that happened, uh, how he got Jono, as they call him, to sing on the record. Jim's also going to share some thoughts on the whole ACDC situation. Uh, This is before Axel was officially in the band, but Brian was officially out. If he even is out, very cloudy, we don't know, but Jim is going to give his take on that. And, of course, he's going to talk about the goat boy. Uh, from Saturday Night Live, uh, one of the funniest characters on SNL, just like the church lady from Dana Carvey, who we had on here uh, last week or a couple weeks ago. Jim also went on safari with James Hetfield. That's right, James Hetfield of, uh, of Metallica and his family, Jim Brewer and his family, went on safari in Africa. You're going to hear some of the crazy stories that happened on that trip. Lots of ground to cover with rock and roll and comedy with the hilarious Jim Brewer. We're going to do that. But first, we'll take care of a little business for one of the fine sponsors of Talk is Jericho. Talking about Diamond, Dallas, Page, and DDP Yoga. Now listen, you can support Talk is Jericho and do yourself and your body a huge favoir by ordering DDP Yoga at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. It's way more than just a workout. I'm telling you guys, it's a way of life. If you get on this path, you will have a healthier lifestyle. I guarantee it. I'm living proof of this. DDP has made it so easy for everyone to start living healthier, get in better shape, get in the shape of your life, get flexible, get rid of those aches and pains. And not only is the program easy to use, he also put the whole thing on an app, a very technologically advanced app. So you can do DDP yoga right from your device anytime, anywhere, any place you want to. All right, Download it at iTunes if you've got an iPhone or the Google Play Store if you're an Android user. You know how much I use DDP Yoga, how much I believe in it, how much I want you to try it. Listen, if you feel like you're living in pain, you got uh, issues and problems, your back is bothering you, DDP Yoga will help you out of that. I know because I was in the same same position. I use DDP Yoga all the time, and I use uh, the app to do my DDP Yoga workouts. I'm in the best shape of my life, having some of the best matches in my career, uh, taking bumps and thumbtacks. Yeah, you heard me. I owe that uh, that Extreme Rules whole performance to uh, DDP Yoga. If it wasn't for DDP, I would not be in the ring today. And like I said, the DDP Yoga Now app has everything, all the workouts, opportunities to do live workouts from the DDP Yoga Performance Center, tons of nutrition tips, inspiration, stories, videos. You can even access cooking shows so you can see how to prepare healthier meals, okay? Take advantage of the special offer DDP has given you guys Order at ddpyoga.com slash Jericho. Get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app and do it today. Listen, you need to get in better shape. You need to get rid of those aches and pains and have a better quality of life. I'm telling you, man, this is no pitch. This is the real deal. You want to feel better for reals? Go check out ddpyoga.com slash Jericho and please go do it today. I did and I feel so much better and I want you to enjoy the same benefits that I felt. Okay, so backstage here in Baltimore, and um, I guess a couple years ago, Cena versus Rock, the match was made for WrestleMania a year before it actually happened. And now, one of the most highly anticipated podcasts of all time is going to take place 
May, sorry, March 15th, 2017 with Mick Foley. Mick, I mean, this is the buildup that everyone's been waiting to hear about. This is the match that people have been, uh, the podcast people have been wanting. Yes. Deserve, demanding. Demanding. And, uh, on uh, March 15th, by golly, we're, we're going to give it to them. March 15th, and we don't know where it's going to be. We don't know what the date is going to be. We only know we will be in person. We'll be in Somebody's person. Somebody's flying somewhere. To do this. Yes. And I'll say this, Mick Foley. When we step into that podcast ring, brother, I'm going to give 110% with all these fans behind me, and I'm going to end up on the top of the mountain, brother. Uh, I'm going to go all the way. How dare you use 1980s babyface (laughs) jargon against me? I didn't come prepared for that. In in the air-conditioned Poughkeepsie Arena with free parking available. Uh, If if you could only see what I'm actually doing is slapping my hands on the mat and firing up in a good old-fashioned Do you remember those old-school wrestling promos, though? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like Grand Wizard was always involved. Like it was... what would they do, right? Let me tell you this. What would Let it me be? tell you this, and then there'd be, oh, there'd be a guy in the background. He'd do, like, uh, <laughs> yeah, hitting his fist hitting in the his back. fist and crunching it around, yeah. That was always the way. So this is the podcast people have been requesting. This is the one. Foley and Jericho, two very uh, uh, well-versed uh, in the in the ways of wrestling. Good talkers, yeah, I think. Yeah. We're known uh, you know, I think it's just a fact, Chris, that uh, some people have a way with words. It's mm-hmm. us. Uh, we have a way with words, and other people... Don't <laughs> have a way. Don't. That's Steve and Martin, nineteen seventy-seven. Yeah, you claim And this is a much uh, storied rivalry. Um, Consider that you never beat me in a oh, WWE ring. Oh, that's debatable. Well, no, it's deba- oh, in a WWE ring. Okay, well, when did you beat me in a WWE venue? I have. If it was only the most famous uh, arena in the world, Madison Square Garden, for your Hall of Fame speech. Yeah. I it was unsanctioned, that. though. It's my rules. All right. Because <laughs> you, you were the Hall of Famer? Uh, yeah, you, you get to create your own rules in life. That's one of the things I encourage kids. Like, you don't let anyone else define for you what being a success is. And by my own rules, I defeated you live in the most famous arena in the world. You never beat me in Madison Square Garden. Okay. okay. That, that is true. But just to give the, the people that are going to be listening, on March 15th, 2017, get your tickets now. Uh, can you please give me the little tidbit story of what you wanted to do for your Hall of Fame induction? <laughs> Can you tell that story? You talk about the ending with the cloak? <laughs> the Santa Claus? I wanted to create a diversion. <laughs> so, yeah, I did, I did end up with, with Santa coming out to surprise me. Oh, that's right. But I, I wanted to... Um, create a diversion where we would show a, um, a clip of my appearance you know as saint nick from 2000 i hope the kids aren't listening and when they came back uh, there was just going to be a solitary figure on the stage wearing a cloak and then i was going to lift up the cloak and i was going to go it was me austin <laughs> it was me all along and it wouldn't matter that like 10 percent of the people Understood we'll it. Get it, yeah. And and I was so proud of the fact that I believe in your second book. It was your second book. You talked about the fact that before I headed out, the house show the my in Miami it was sold out. I know yeah. all the about it sold out. 18, 19, 20, people hanging people. from the rafters to get in, brother. I, Tell I'm, them giving, who. I'm about to go out to give my house show promo. I said. Chris, listen to my promo and tell me how Jack Lonza reacts. And I went out there and tanked it on purpose. <laughs> well, tell, tell the promo that you did. I went out there and I said, 
Talking about being on South Beach. Yeah, First I mean, of all, this is when the when the Godfather was at his, uh, at yeah, his peak. Yeah, Godfather was at his peak. Uh, uh, Rock and Sock Connection were together. And, you know, and I, yeah, Rock and Sock Connection was a great deal. Rock is a great guy. But in no way, shape, or form was the Rock ever hang out with me on South Beach. <laughs> That's not going to happen. <laughs> but in my world, the picture I painted for people is that we were hanging out and I had, in no way, shape, or form, <laughs> am I going to be shirtless? <laughs> <laughs> on South Beach, yeah, on with South Beach, in public, anywhere, yeah. Little on next next to the Rock, and in my world, you know, I had this suntan oil on, and uh, just so much of it that uh, you know I couldn't help. You know, I slipped in the puddle of the suntan oil, and I hit my head, and they came for the uh, a- ambulance. And as they were loading me into the ambulance, I looked up at Rock. And I said, "Rock, do me a favor tonight for one just one time. Go out there and win one for the slipper." <laughs> And, of course, there was a groan from the audience, and I came back. You were pretty new in the area. You know, I was. You were like one of my only friends yeah, here at the yeah, time. Yeah, you, had, you had nuclear heat yeah. with most of the boys back there. <laughs> and uh, we got a big groan from the audience, and uh, I came back. I said, so, so what blondes are doing? And you went, oh, he went crazy. He threw his cigarette down. He went, wow, oh, why did you have to do that? That's terrible. What the hell is he doing? Doesn't make any sense. Blowing puffs of smoke in my face. <laughs> but was, I was thinking about the Godfather when we, we had one time. Where you said, "Oh, the limping." The, yeah, the, the, pimping ain't easy. Pimping ain't easy. And I said, "Oh man, I dinged my knee up here a little bit. You know, limping ain't easy." And we just had a. Whole, I went fishing uh, and fish, shrimping ain't shrimping easy. Shrimping ain't easy. It was one after another yeah, after another, and and, and then the, the boys kept trying to top me and. <laughs> It was one of those afternoons, like at the end of a ten-day run, and you're just trying to pop each other. And and one of the nice things is, you think on one level that you're, you know, you're taking advantage of the fans who are paying good money to be there, and then you look out at them and they're having the time of their lives because they realize that we're out there, you know, having the time of ours. Yeah, exactly. That's just it. That's it. That's it. That's, That's the tidbit. 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 March fifteenth. 2017 in an air-conditioned arena somewhere, Foley versus Jericho on Talk is Jericho could possibly be the biggest podcast of all time. Poss- uh, possibly is not the right word. Yeah, Probably. Probably, yeah. Most, most definitely. Uh, most definitely. All right. What's the date again? March. You just said it. March 15th, 2017. Me and Jericho are turning it up to 11. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Talk is talking. Talk is Jericho. Let us know when you're f-ing ready to go, Dennis, and we'll get started on this podcast. Okay, so um, I am in, in this New York studio with uh, with Rob Halford, and it's uh, it's an absolute pleasure to be here, Chris. <laughs> Jim's got the ears sticking out. <laughs> Jim Brewer is with me, man, and uh, this is hilarious because this all stemmed at the uh, ACDC show at the stadium in L.A. That's right. When we, we've kind of, we kind of met at some point somewhere. You know what I think? Maybe an Eddie Trunk or right. something like that. Right. Was that the night when uh, we had a big debate? We had on, a debate. On who was uh, better, priest or maiden. Right. You were all maiden, and I was all priest. You were all priest. 
precinct. And we played every- tennis all night. Yeah, and everyone was ganging up on me. There was like 15 guys to one that Priest was better than Maiden. And then Brett Michaels called in, yes. of all people, and yes. he took my side. He took your side. It was me and Brett Michaels. And I've stopped me. watching him since. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we saw each other at uh, ACDC. He had the yes. best time with all the uh, impersonations and all that sort of stuff. We... We're in a van for, I think, an hour of you doing <laughs> Lars the entire time. And you were and doing I was Halford. Doing Halford the entire time. Like, I actually debated on trying to see if we could do this podcast as Lars and Rob, but it would get pretty pretty bad pretty quick, I would assume. I would, I would assume eventually we'd, we'd have nowhere to actually turn to. But it could national. actually be the greatest podcast we'd ever heard of all time, because if you ever have Lars interviewing Rob, it would be something very cool that you hadn't seen before since maybe 78. Eight in Stockholm. I think it would be a very uh, intellectual conversation, and people would get to see perhaps the other side of the brilliance of the metal mind. <laughs> you know what I love about this? Okay, like, <laughs> you talk about impressions and stuff, and like everyone could do like a Christopher Walken. You can't do it at the ears. But the Rob Halford, like, how do you even do a Halford impersonation? I've watched him. That's my idol. Yeah. So I watched him a million times. Mm-hmm. So I. I was fascinated when I saw him talk and what for years and years and years, you know, I started when I started doing stand up, I started in a rock club because I was I couldn't get into comedy clubs. So mm. it was a, a rock club. So I was doing impressions of Halford and Ozzy and James, but only that I noticed only that group got it. So if I went to a comedy club, they're like, what? Yeah, it's a very specific demographic that's going to understand a James Hetfield Im- impression. And even if I go do stand-up now, I'll, I'll go, uh, you know, some will say, Lars, and I'll, and I'll start with the Lars, and there's only three people laughing. Mm-hmm. They're not like, all right, see, I, I got to save this for the rock world. It doesn't make sense. Is it, is it uh, Gas that can do like a Vince Neil? Is it oh, Gas? Gas can do... He does a couple guys like you would never expect. Like yes, yeah. like, he does actors too. Certain actors that you would never. Doesn't he do Owen Wilson? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and no one would even know it. Until no, you hear it. So that's exactly right. We got Owen Wilson here, and it, and he does a great Owen. He's the master at Kinnison. Of Kinnison, right? I've never heard anything more frightening in my life. <laughs> that's the greatest impression but, of all. But isn't it funny though? Like you mentioned that you do James, and then. I remember at the Metallica 30, now you're suddenly on stage running the game show for them. Obviously, did that imper- did you know them before you started the impersonation, or did that impersonation endear you to them? No, that started... I first met Lars. Mm-hmm. I was at... Well, actually, what happened, I think... Yeah, I met Lars, I think it's Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. He was in the hallway, <laughs> and he was checking out a band. What are you doing here? And he went, oh, you know, I'm here to see the band. And I went, oh my god, here, come with me, man. Like he's like, I can't get in. Like you mean me can't get in? You Lars, right? So I call my wife too. And I'm like, go in my closet and get my Metallica jersey and bring it. I'm gonna wear it for the good nights. And I remember I went on did the good nights, and when I did it, I got a speech. The following Monday by Lauren. Really? Yes. And his exact words to me, he said, um, Jim, what was with the Metallica thing at the end? And I went, I just, I, he goes, don't, don't start geeking out on me. Let's, <laughs> don't wear band shirts. I went, what? 
So what? is that kind of frowned upon to wear a band shirt? I on, guess on so. And I was so excited. I was like, I had a big, obnoxious <laughs> hockey yeah, yeah, jersey. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, Lars then, the first time we hung out, was he called? He said, I'll give you a call. We're going away. I'll give you a call. Well, yeah, okay. Really yeah, sure, whatever, sure. yeah. And then I got a call while my best friend that I grew up with that introduced me to Metallica. And I got the call, and he goes, hey, man, I'm, I'm, we're going to go to this bar. You want a beer? <clears throat> um, yeah. But uh, I have my friend. <laughs> my best friend came in from Long Island to New York City, and he was already en route, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I was, like, I was stuck in a hole there. Mm-hmm. I said, he goes, bring him. Okay. All right, good. And then we went and we hung out. And- See, that's the thing. Once you break down the barrier of like, oh, my gosh, it's Lars. Right. It's just a couple dudes that have similar interests and just like to hang out. And I have to say, m- some of my f- f- most fun memories ever, ever, like in my life, have been with Lars. Hmm. We laughed hard, hard. <laughs> we moshed together on a tour bus he blew my speakers just listening to tunes yeah we came in no i was torn with a band but we were doing we were mixing like music and stand-up mm-hmm. and this was i don't know 2000s early 2000s and we played san fran james was there with his wife lars was there uh james went home and then lars said let's hang out in the bus we hung out and now at the time me and my crew, we loved System of a Down. That kept us alive the entire tour. The tour was show's over, catch a buzz, head to the back, blast System of a Down, and we mosh. And we mm-hmm. jump on the chairs and we mosh like the little, little jackasses. <laughs> yeah. Lars came in, he jumped right in it. We moshed. We went crazy. He gave, he brought he brought his own C D and then um and I know he he denies this. But I remember he was on the bus and he got a phone call and he was and he hung up and he was all pissed. So, oh, you know, screw it then. Screw it. So what happened? He goes, I wanted we wanted to tour with Eminem. We go, we thought that'd be two cool worlds to bring together. Wow. You have the top of this world, top of that world. And I guess whatever his camp, it just didn't come out. Hmm. But I remember he really, he really he wanted that. Yeah. Wanted that. And I didn't know if he wanted to do it so he can wreck another career. Meaning, <laughs> <laughs> me, meaning to this day, I know Guns N' Roses going back out. Yeah. But I always thought that tour, Guns N' Roses and Metallica, was the demise of, of Guns N' Roses. Why, do you, why? Because that was the two biggest rock, hard rock bands in history at the time. Mm-hmm. Probably still, still is. Yeah, pretty much. And they went on tour. And Metallica went first. And for an hour. And they went on time. If the mm-hmm. show said they started at 7, they're up there at 7 o'clock. Because I'm creeping for an for an hour straight <laughs> and then to go from that to I want you please take me home yeah take people like, whoa, whoa 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 what's with right. the hat yeah and the band goes on late 
And and he started yeah he started going two hours late and came out with the outfits and he mm-hmm. started going hey uh this is so goofy <laughs> it's a little goofy <laughs> and it wouldn't have been goofy if you didn't just watch an hour fifteen of bone mm. guys with t-shirts just coming out beating the snot out of you right just with. You know? And Metallica always had the vibe too. They still do of being like just some dudes on stage, just kind of telling jokes yeah. and you know having fun. And and, and Guns N' Roses is the other side of the rock star coin. The, the, the and they that was it. That mm. tour ended. Mm. Guns N' Roses, and you started hearing more and more. Oh well, now he didn't show up for three theory, hours. Interesting theory, man. Interesting theory. And I think that's that may have squashed the ego. Mm. Where all, all you had to do was flip flop it. Put Guns N' Roses up first. But would they have would they have agreed to it though? Metallica would have, but yeah, I don't think Guns yeah, N' Roses yeah, yeah. would have. Yeah. <laughs> but that would have, and then that would have allowed the chicks to leave. Mm-hmm. You know, the girls could have, and that, you, you can't annoy chicks. You can't go on at midnight. Why is he going up? <laughs> you better do my Michelle. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you end up going to like Africa with James or something like that? Did you guys go on a vacation together? We did. That's crazy too. We went. Uh, you know. We actually did two. They went on a tour in Africa years ago, mm-hmm. and went on that one. That was pretty. Like sick. they played on a tour. Like yes, they, okay. They played Johannesburg, and, and you went with them on that. I went with them on that, just to hang out, just to hang out, mm. and then um, and the wives, you know, with couples, yeah, and yeah, our yeah, kids yeah. and his kids, family and, friends now. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that started probably 1996 or 7. Hmm. Like my kids, it's it's weird too. I see, I guess, you know, as you, as you meet people, you know people in all different industries. Right. Chris, and, and you know them as someone else and you forget. I forget James's, that's James Hetfield. Mm-hmm. I still just see him as, I see him as Jaime. So that's his. <laughs> His wife calls him Jaime. 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 Because oh, she's, she's Spanish. You're right. She's Argentina, so she'll go Jaime. <laughs> Jaime. And I, <laughs> so you I'll, heard it here first. <laughs> so I'll go, hey Jaime, what are you doing, Jaime? What happened? What's going on? <laughs> and he's he's funny. Like we mm. get we have we have belly laughs together, and it's just I see the whole. I see the other guy. I see the guy at sure. home with his dog and his cats and his kids and coaching football and and all that jazz. But yeah, we went to it was his fiftieth birthday party and we went fiftieth birthday, birthday trip. And yeah. they said, "Hey, you guys want to go to Africa on a safari?" And we, my wife and I, cleared our bank <laughs> <laughs> and we went to uh, on a safari. It was sick. <laughs> it was one of the greatest trips ever. My kid was with his son, so it was his son in a jeep with one of my daughters. And it got charged by an elephant. An elephant smashed the jeep. Whoa! Oh yeah, I thought with your kids in it. Yes, and I thought I thought it was going to get tumbled over. I had a heart attack watching this all go down, and hit it and pushed it, pushed it like ten, fifteen feet, and. Thank God it didn't keep doing it, but uh, yeah. Because when you go on a safari, like just so people might not know, you're like in a jeep in the middle of the Serengeti. This is not like Disneyland where there's a wall up or something. No, and there's two. The the first safari we went on, I just thought of this two days ago, and all Metallica Metallica could their their whole career could have ended on that safari trip because Mm -hmm. when they went on that safari together as a band, there was no enclosure. 
their Jeeps were wide open. Mm. And we got, I swear on my life, within 40 feet of a pride of lions just sitting there watching these lions hanging out, yawning. They'd get up, move, stare at us. Like, just if one just decided to go, hey, man, I ain't digging you. <laughs> yeah. And you ain't, you don't look like a water buffalo to me. I don't know what you are, but I'm going to try to eat you. Mm-hmm. We would have been doomed. There was mm. nothing any of us could do. There was no way that and, – and the people riding us around were great, but they were young. They were like 24 in English. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? With the little rifle? Right. Get, get a gun for a second? Like what – so – but yes, most of the time. They, do they the, give you like a, a a rundown before? Like what stops the animals from doing that? This is what they say. And we almost got charged by an elephant on that one too. I got great <laughs> footage of the elephant coming really just checking out my wife of all things. <laughs> and you could see he was contemplating on charging. Um, they tell you you got to be super silent and don't move. So the the lion sees you. As a, a a big big creature, mm-hmm. but the minute you move, you break up that whole. Mm. You break up that object, and now you're like, oh, wait a minute. There's something. There's in something that in the girl. thing and moving, and I think I can get it. It's like a cat. Oh. Think of a cat staring at a, a ball, and now there's something at the end of the ball, and it's moving. Now he's more. Mm-hmm. He's watching that ball now. He's like, what's on that ball? I don't know what it is. I'm going to try to get it. <laughs> so, that's that was our only prep. <laughs> Just luck. don't move and be silent. Let's go see some lions. Good luck, guys. <laughs> and if they charge, that's another thing. If they charge, don't run. That was the other big thing. If they charge, don't run. Well, yeah. I mean, what are you going to do? You know, we, we had a, a show uh, about a year ago. I can't remember what it was called. Some little town somewhere. And the venue was like a crappy place. So I walked around and there was like a, a big park opening uh, and I walked inside the park like a big you know like uh, the trees and stuff and I just sat down just to chill and this door opened about 150 yards away and this giant Doberman came running out apparently it was somebody's backyard it wasn't a park and this thing was racing at me as quickly as it could and I'm thinking okay if I turn around and run he's going to get me my only chance is if this thing comes I'm going to punch it in the face as hard as I can (laughs) and just as I was lining up they're like stop 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 you know Mongo stop and this thing stopped about 40 yards away like you said just looking at me like I will kill you (laughs) because you're trespassing I'm like I'm sorry sorry but that feeling you're, you're helpless Horrifying. There's nothing you can do. I ain't afraid of them guns you got there. The <laughs> yeah. side of your shoulders. Shot, shot. Right, right. Those tattoos don't scare me, <laughs> brother. But you, you mentioned earlier, though, about, about going on the road with, with the band and, yeah. and, and, sing, and singing as well, comedy, whatever. And now you actually have your own record coming out, <sighs> uh, which is amazing. And not, uh, not only that, but it's on Metal Blade Records. Sick. Which is like, for us metalheads, it's like, what? Metal Blade Records? That's the album label. And this is how it happened. This is, uh, at the time, um, with Corey Brennan over at 5B Artist, and he, I guess, brings Slagle to come see uh, from from Metal Blade. He comes to see me at a comedy show, California. Mm -hmm. Now, I just received a demo of a Christmas song I was going to do. It was, it was Santa Claus ain't coming to town. It was like a hard rock metal. And Corey goes, oh, my God. I didn't, holy shit. I didn't expect this. And so um, we let to curse. Yeah, we are. Oh, okay. I didn't even remember if yeah. you did it. Up. So um, you can't imitate Lars and not curse. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, dude. 
fucking, I've got my twin brother here. It's so exciting. It's fucking Jim Brewers here talking about his new record. It's pretty heavy stuff. <laughs> he does these songs. Well, let them finish the conversation. We'll explain the record Talk more. Huh? later. Huh? So. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Huh? <laughs> it's very cool. So he, they come Brandon? to the show and he leaves and Corey goes, do you do songs during your show? Or, or no? Okay. No. Yeah. I'll talk about metal and and imitate bands and stuff. Mm-hmm. Corey goes. I wasn't sure. I I kind of want to give him the demo, but I don't want to do it without telling you. And I went, Oh my god, give him the demo. He's like, Well, he left. I went, oh. <laughs> I said, All right. And he goes, Well, let me call him. Calls him up. He calls him. Say, Hey, uh, I, I'm really sorry, but. We wanted you to hear his demo because Jim wants to make a record. And I, oh, you're on the highway? All right, well, don't. Well, no, you don't have to. Well, all right, we'll be, we'll be by we'll be by uh, the the back thing there. <laughs> so Slago comes and um, he comes back off the highway, and my car is pulled in a little alleyway next to two big dumpsters. <laughs> so Brian Slagle gets in my little rental car. A little cheap, nothing, yeah. two-seater rental car. The head of Metal Blade Records. The head of Metal Blade sit between two dumpsters. And I went, I'm going to do a whole record like this. Um, just, But it's got, you know, yeah, 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 I get it, I get it. And I put it in. He listens to it, you know, and I'm watching out of, like, the side of my eyes, and I'm, like, jittering my hands and all that stuff, and he starts nogging his head, but I, I also know, like, all right, he's, yeah, he really doesn't have he's a He's not going to sit there and go, this sucks. If exactly. It's yeah. sort of like me showing my baby to someone. <laughs> a, when people show their babies, I really don't want to see your kid. It's I so get beautiful. It. Yeah, 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 all right. Yeah, the kid's beautiful. I don't give a crap it's a pretty about ugly your baby, kid. Though. Keep your monkey to yourself. I don't care. <laughs> so, at the end of it, he goes, the whole record's like that? Yeah, he turns to Corey. He's like, come in my office Monday. I want that. Mm. I want to make that record. And Monday, Corey's like, yeah, man, he came. He really, he's stoked. He wants to. And that that was the beginning. So are these the songs that you, that you wrote yourself or do you have a couple dudes that you wrote I wrote, <clears throat> I wrote pretty much every song, but I didn't realize how awful they were <laughs> or how... In stock. my mind, I went it, well, not so not so much stock, but I yeah lyrically mm. it was very you know I came in I'm like wait till you hear these songs, <laughs> and Caggiano would go the same chorus. Oh, did Rob produce it? Yes, Rob from Volbeat and yeah. Anthrax. Rob Caggiano yeah. produced it, and he thank God. All I'm gonna say is thank God. I used to go to I used to go to church, support mm. my wife once in a while. I'm going to rob Caggiano Church. <laughs> the Church of Cag. Ka- the Church yeah. of Cag. And he was just like, we got a lot of work to do. Hmm. So just the, the song that he wanted to work with you at all. Blew my I mean, mind. You're talking about Metal Blade Records with Rob Caggiano producing. Most bands would cut their hand off to get that. And can I tell you, and I got to be honest, I'm going to be dead honest. And it might piss off a lot of metal fans. And it might be mad at me. But I'm just going to be dead honest. So I... I want a producer, but I don't know where. Now, another management company, uh, Rob's management company, approached me after I did uh, the Metallica Orion Festival. Right. And I just, there was something with the guy, and 
He couldn't hook me up with the head people. He kept saying, yeah, man, this is great. And you've never been with a rock man. You need a rock manager and this and that. And we would talk for hours. What's your problem? I'm like, this project's brilliant and this and blah, 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 blah. But we never quite connected. And every time it's like, yeah, next week. We, we. I said, I want to talk to the head guy. Who's the head? Who would be the head guy? Well, yeah, we're going <clears> to. <throat> so it never worked out. Um, and I kind of forgot about them. We kind of left and I never did anything. And then. Now Corey comes along, maybe a year later. Now we need a producer. And in my head, I couldn't stop thinking of that old manager. I'm like, what the hell was that guy's name? And for some reason, I looked them up, and I noticed they had producers. And I looked, and I saw Caggiano, and it didn't, mm. it didn't hit me. That's Rob Caggiano ah, from yeah. Anthrax and all that. I swear on my kids' lives, I went... Wow, this guy looks like he would get me. <laughs> and that's I saw I saw the hat. Yeah. And I saw his look. He wears the toque all the time. Right, I went, yeah. this guy from the Bronx, this guy's gonna get me. This yeah, guy's yeah. gonna get me. Yeah. So I told Corey, can you get him? And he went, he's totally on board. I went, Great. And he came to see me at a theater. I was playing Terrytown, New York. And he's like, Bro, why don't you sell sh- your comedy show, it's like going to see a fucking concert. <laughs> Where's your shirts and shit? You, you, you're losing so much money on merchandise. You, some fucking DVDs, your fans are nuts. Wait, wait till you make a rock. Jesus, fucking, you're missing money, bro. Missing money. So that was the beginning. And I wrote, and then he would, he would help with a line. He did all the guitars. Hmm. All the guitars. A lot of the songs... I would come like uh, you know. There's, there's. Do you play guitar? No, but okay. Chris, I'd go like this. I'm like, okay, so here's my recorder, and I play the recorder. I go, like, so that's one song. <laughs> next song. <laughs> here's the next one. That's the. Uh, it's like Metallica, but it's not Metallica. You know what I mean? And he's just looking at me cross-eyed. Okay. All right, let me get my guitar. Right, right, right. Let me get my guitar. And then... Um, so lyrically, are these are these like f- funny type songs? Are they straightforward tunes? There's... It's half and half. Okay. Like... Like, I would say... You know, here's a good comparison. Lyrically. Um, the hell's the... Ba- uh, um, oh, my God. Thrifty. What's it? Thrift shop, thrift shop song, Macklemore. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm thinking he's not metal. metal. He's like, not yeah, metal. Yeah, okay. But Macklemore. Mm-hmm. Some of those songs, you could see him as comical. Well, Eminem too. Those they have that vibe. Yeah. Yes, it's yeah. it's along that vibe. But they're serious. Mm-hmm. You listen to the music, it's serious, and you listen, and you're like, oh, he's it's a little goofy, but he's serious. Thrift shop is funny. You're right. But you, if you ask him, is that a funny song? He's like, no, man. It's just- well, because they're playing it straight. Correct. Right. That's what this is. Yeah. You know, the, the first song, Thrash, the whole song is about when nobody's home in my house. I'm a, I'm a 48-year-old man who grew up with the 80s metal, and it's still in me. I can't really relate to mm-hmm. a lot of the newer bands. I like the music, but I, my life's okay. I don't hear about death and gloom. I'm yeah, yeah. Things are okay. I got little girls. I got to give them hope. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So... A thrash is all about when no one's home, more than anything in the world I love doing, going in my garage, 
putting on a headset and blasting myself concert until my wife comes home with the kids and she goes, you get things done? I'm like, oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> I got a lot done. And if there were, he learned your air guitar solo. So that is totally, that's a, that's a thrash metal song. That's just about raising teenage girls. It's mm. it's. Me literally talking to my girls. Is that the name of the tune? Raising, Raising Teenage, teenage girls. girls. Old school is like something you'll you love old school. I, I think the 80s, they're going to, old school's a monster. And then there's um, there's a couple others that Which aren't Which tune really did fun. you have? Well, first of all, we got to get into this whole thing of how the hell do you get Brian Johnson to guest on your record? And what song did he sing on? Mr. Rock and Roll. So... Please explain. Right. ACDC, well, we got to get the whole ACDC. Yeah, thing. we got a lot to talk about. They're about. notorious for being very sequestered. They're not doing a lot of guest spots on people's records. It's not like it's Slash or somebody like that. No. You know? That's, well, here's what happened. He came to see me, which he, he'll often come to see me. I've seen him. We've known each other a little so while. had a little relationship. Yes. Yeah. So he came to see me, uh, and after the show, he's like, Jim, you're doing a record. I said, yeah. He goes, I want to be on it. I went, now, you've had a couple, and I'm telling you right now, I'm taking you up on that one. <laughs> and and um, he said, no, I'm serious. and uh, You don't have to pay for me to call. I'll pay for it myself, me son. <laughs> I went, uh, <laughs> I'm taking you up on that. And a couple months later, he's like, Jim, how's, you know, how's the song coming? I'm going to be in New York. And we were doing pre-production at the time, still Working songs out. I didn't, I only had an idea what I had for Brian. My idea was, let's be two two guys, dads or whatever, older guy, and at the end of the day, all these young kids, blah blah blah. We'll still drink you under the table. <laughs> we'll still shag all your ladies. We'll be the last ones there, holding court. We are Mister. We come from that world. We're Mister. Rock and Roll. Where in reality, after two wines, I'm in a coma on my couch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so now he's going out on tour, and um, well, my, no, he wasn't out on tour yet. He wasn't. On, he wasn't out on tour yet. He did Coachella, mm -hmm. and then it didn't. Timing didn't work out, and he's bummed. He's like, I really wanted to do the song. I said, Well, we're gonna be in Florida. He's like, I. You know what? I'm gonna have a time. On Tuesday, July, whatever it was, like yeah. July 11th, and I said to Kajani, I'm like, listen, he's like, done. We're going down yeah, there. You make it happen. Oh, yeah. Right. You make that happen. Yeah. Went down there. Now, we're writing the song because Caggiano is so meticulous. Every line, every note. Where I'm like, Rob, it's a comedian. No one's expecting <laughs> shit from me, Rob. <laughs> All I need is a decent hook. <laughs> no one's gonna go. Jim Brewer's a. Bre they just want to. They just want to have fun, Rob. I'm not looking for an Emmy. <laughs> it's got my name on it. I know. It's still fine. You got phobies. <laughs> Let's it. We're fine. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I lost my mind. Blood vessels. He'd, he'd, have me, he'd have me at a piano going like this. Bing, bing, bing. This is what you're singing. Bing, bing, bing. <laughs> I need you to go. Cling, dong. Do you see the note? I don't know music, Rob. I'm, a, I'm on stage. It's a joke. I'm done. I don't stand to go. A C note, a C minor. I don't know what the fuck minor is. <laughs> so he... So, ding, ding, ding. Dude, I, I swear to God, he pulled me. It's, 
come inside. Come that's inside. How you learn the melody. That's what that's what you do. Sometimes I have to do the same thing vocally too. Okay, how are we hearing it? You got to hear it on the piano so you can emulate it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well. <laughs> or not. So, yes. So he. Now we have we have the song, and I wrote most of it, Mr. Rock and Roll, and this is what we're doing. He's, uh, you know, this line is corny, and this is, now uh, we got to redo that. Oh, fuck, it's been an hour, 20 minutes on two fucking lines. Mm-hmm. What happens? Brian calls. Uh, why don't you two come down to my house, and uh, we look at the song. Um, what's, uh, what, what time you, what time you want us there? Uh, four o'clock. It's 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 an hour drive to get to his house, and it's already two o'clock. <laughs> and Rob's rewriting every fucking second of this. Uh, okay, yeah, no, yeah, okay, Brian. I go out and I buy his favorite wine, and we get this. And we, I said, we got to bring. My wife will kill me. I got to bring flowers for his wife, and this. And so we go driving down there, and we get there, and we get to his house, right? He goes, uh, you know, he's he's playing me all his music, and mm-hmm. his music is is his generation. Mm-hmm. You would think it's rock, and it's not. You mean playing music that he likes to listen to? Yeah, it's like bam, bam, It's it's totally fifties, like Glenn Miller, yeah, fifties, sixties, just really fun jazz, just mm-hmm. amazing music. And so um, he goes, let me let me hear the music. And he's listening to his hey, 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 mm, yeah, mm, hey, hey. Right, let me see the lyrics. He puts on his glasses and he looks at the lyrics and he goes, mm, not, not what I was expecting. <laughs> right, right, I went, oh, is that, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? <laughs> and then he goes, eh, bread and butter. All right, let's do this tomorrow. He calls his wife. He's like, sweetie, call the Italian restaurant. We're going to go to dinner. You guys ready for dinner? <laughs> Uh, yeah, let's go to dinner and we record tomorrow. <laughs> so the next day, we set up. He's he's driving himself an hour or whatever to get it. I said, let me get you a car. All right. Which is you. so great. Like, I mean, it's not a big deal, but you would think that he would have a chauffeur. And, Correct. Yeah. This just shows the human that he mm-hmm. is and what a type of guy he is. Mm-hmm. Now, this is, I have to say, I'm also leaving out. I can't even say he's one of the funniest people I've ever been around my entire life. And greatest guy. Greatest, most generous human beings maybe ever. Mm-hmm. I'm not even kidding. So we're setting up. He goes, I'm going to drive. So no, 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 let me get you a car. I call his wife. I'm like, please you let him grab a car. She goes, I'm getting him a car. Great. Mm-hmm. Here's my credit card. Let's do this. We set up a studio. We had... People from Taiwan flown in <laughs> with, with the big umbrellas and pillows. We Peeled grapes. Dancers, yeah. grapes. We had five microphones set up. Swear to God. Wow. What, just God forbid. Right. This one blows. Mm-hmm. Next one's locked and loaded. Big fucking studio. He shows up and he's talking about whatever. And he goes, you know, you want to... Let me, let me, Rob goes, can I play some of the other songs? And he plays three songs and he goes, this is, uh, is going to piss some people off. <laughs> You're going to piss off the industry coming at them this hard. This is, well, what better than I dance is, my son. Let me go roll a fucking fag and uh, I come back in. <laughs> And he comes in with a... That's what he said. They still call yeah, fat. I've heard Halford say that, too, which is very... He's like, let me go outside. I'm just going to smoke a fag for a bit and I'll come back. All like, right. Is this an analogy? Is or that is a, you trying to be funny or... <laughs> <laughs> so he comes in. He's got a cigarette. He lights a cigarette. And he goes, well, I'm ready. Go, we are, too. Go, you know, go in the studio. 
Look, I don't go in a studio. I do it in a boardroom. What do you mean you're in the boardroom? Because I, I, I like a handheld mic in the room with the boys and get me two speakers. Uh, can we do this, Rob? He's like, yeah. I, what, what kind of what kind of mic? I mean, what, let's get your headphones. I don't use headphones. That's for cheating. Oh wow! So he records the song, holding a handheld mic in the boardroom, listening to two speakers. While everyone's in the room, just looking with their jaws, like what a great experience! You think oh. like the guy who did da- black, back in black yes. probably recorded it that way, and that's yeah. He's just he goes. I like to sing like I'm in concert because mm-hmm. if I'm gonna be in concert, why not sing it like that? Makes sense. Like, yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And I turned to Rob. I go because that's how I that's how I wanted to record. As a comedian, I'm same vibe, like yeah. that vibe. And I turned to Rob and went, "Told you that's how I wanted to do it." <laughs> well, that's how Headfield does it too. James, to- yeah. I told James that, and I didn't know that about James. Mm-hmm. And James said, "Now I'm trying to." This is funny because I'm sitting with James. And- vocal talk. Yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> trying to get it. And we're like, James, so I'm um, recording this record. <laughs> I think you know about this stuff, <laughs> and um. You might know Mr. Brian Johnson. I know you haven't met him, but you know what he does? <laughs> he records in the boardroom, and James is just like with his legs folded. He's like, yeah, dude, I do too. <laughs> what, you do? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'll show myself. Out. Okay. Yeah, no, I knew that. <laughs> yeah. I knew everything about it. Yeah, no, I knew that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that until he told me that. So Brian just laid it down. And it sounds, it's a monster. Mm-hmm. I'll just say that it's a monster. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy, Chris, is clearly you know all the hoopla in the last right. Yes. Talking about ACDC, uh, right. dismissing Brian Johnson, yes, giving yes, him yes. a rat. We don't even know what the real. No story one really is. knows what the no real story knows, right. is until you hear Angus, which you're not going to understand anyway. Yeah, he's going to come out. Why? 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 He's like a Charlie Brown character. Why you rush? What Angus just said. But the thing is, with those guys, Angus might never say anything. Right? They don't do. He doesn't need to. He doesn't do press. So, so that's kind of the whole controversy about it is because it came out that you said some things of course. that all yes. the story and, and, yes. and was true. It wasn't true. It was exaggerated, embellished, a fan's perspective, whatever it may be. But the bottom line is, like, you know, Brian is not in the band right now. Correct. At the end of the day, that's what's going on. And you want it. You just want to hear. Well, is it? Did you officially say you're not doing it anymore mm-hmm. or? Or was he dismissed? Did they mm. say, okay, well, that's enough to hear, and we're just going to move on and hope you're well. Mm-hmm. And we're, actually, we're doing this for you. We don't want you hurt, so we're just going to move on. Or, right. These are all the big gray areas mm-hmm. that no one... How do you feel about it? I mean, obviously, you're on the different side of the coin, because not only are you a fan, but you're his friend as well. You know? How do I feel? Yeah. Um... I feel sad. Mm-hmm. I feel terrible that this is the way it's all going to end. But it'd be phenomenal if there was just one last show. And I think all the fans would understand. Could Brian do that, though? I don't know. Because apparently, well, that's what I mean, but apparently the, the, the word on the street is that his ears were messed up. From, they are messed from, up. From racing. Okay. And from, I'm sure, 35 years in front of... I think 35 track. years yeah. and also... Now, I think... His ears are definitely messed up, mm-hmm. and they've been messed up for a while. Mm-hmm. I mean, to the point where the only thing I can say is 
I remember hearing like five decimals in his hearing dropped in seven weeks. Where if, if you're like 30, 40 years old, eh, not too concerned. Yeah. But when you're 67 yeah. and you're performing in stadiums, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's, that's a lot. Seven weeks, and well, that's how far look at, down? Look at that rig that they had uh, in at Dodger Stadium. I mean, that is a giant, just to stand in front of that. I don't care if you're wearing inner ears or earplugs or whatever, yeah. on a nightly basis. Now, and, t- and I'm not asking for inside information. Take the fact that you know him out of the equation. Sure. As a fan. Yes. Because to me, it's like it, when, when, when they continued on without Malcolm and rehearsed their asses off to get the, not just one new guy, but two yes. new guys in the band. Yes. Yeah. And they sounded great. Yeah. I can see Angus knowing the history of that band. If Brian can't do it, going, well, I want to continue, the band must go on. That's yes. the Young Brothers. I can see that. You know? Yes, I can see that. And I feel I feel bad about it, but I also understand what Angus might be thinking. And also, people might be mad, but they'll still go because it's ACDC. Right. And I, I get what you're saying, too. Like, if I'm... I don't know how old Angus is. He's only he's only sixty. Dude. Okay, so he's sixty he's years old, seven years younger, eight years. Why younger. does he have to end? Right. Why does he have to end if everyone else is ending? And how sad! Like I think you know, I'm hitting forty eight, forty nine. I don't want to end my life because ever and maybe he's already established. ACDC's one of the greatest icons in history. It's a brand. It is a brand. It's a business. Yeah. It is a brand. It is a business. And it's his right to move on. Mm-hmm. And maybe he, whatever, whatever reasons he wants to keep going, let him keep going. Yeah. That's his choice. But as a fan, <sighs> I don't know. It's one of those, boy, I really have to wait for that one. Mm. Who's who's going to be? Well, especially if the, well, I you know, Axel was rehearsing with him. That is a true truth. That I know, yeah. So, you know, and if, you know, does Axel That's not appealing him? to me. You know what's appealing to me? I, I thought of one name. Who? One name would be appealing to me. And and I'll give you all the reasons why. Um, no Ego loves rock. Great representation of rock. Knows he would just be in for that. He would give that vibe of, hey, this isn't about me. This mm-hmm. is about I'm helping this situation yeah. out. It'd be great if Brian was with them, came out, introduced I'd like to thank him for helping me out, and I'm so sorry. And he got to talk to the crowd and say, I wish I could do this for you, but uh, I love you to death. But instead, Mr. David Grohl came and he said he'd help me out. <laughs> I honestly, yeah. me as a fan, I would live with that. I, I'd be like, yeah, man, I want to go. I, I got good feelings now. See, the thing like, is- Don't you get weird? I don't know how you are as a fan, but I, I hear Axel, I'm like, I, but the th- I want him in Guns N' Roses. The thing for me is that if they're going to replace him- with a superstar name, then the band can't continue. That's because, what you know, Grohl's not going to be available at the time. Axel's not going to be available at the time. If they go and, because, you know, it's the same way when they got Stevie Young's guy in the family. If there's like, you know, old Jim, Jim Johnson down the street, we've been looking at him for years. Some guy that you never even heard of, but was a great singer and came on stage and was the new singer of ACDC. I would buy that more than Me if too. it was the superstar guy. Because yes. that's not going to last. Yes, I agree. hundred percent. Right. And just like you said, Malcolm, we all hated seeing Malcolm go. Right. But you're like, oh, wow, it's his kid. Or that's his, or nephew? his nephew. That's his nephew. 
in, they're kept keeping in the family. The family. That's you know, awesome. Phil can't place. They bring back Chris Slade, who was in the family. They brought everyone in the family. You know, so I, so if, I get it. If yeah. they brought someone new in, I would go. You know what? Bon Scott died. They brought in Brian Johnson. Mm-hmm. Brian Johnson can't continue. And if Brian gives his blessing, I can't continue. But you know, Greg McCoy can do it. If Greg McCoy's out there, you should go audition for ACDC because right. I just pulled that name right out of my ass. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, that's you, a great. One. You know right. that to, I would buy that more. So, I agree. I agree. I, I wanted I wanted to ask you a couple of questions. You mentioned working for Lauren Michaels and how he you know told you not to wear the metallic thing. What was it like uh, working with him and, and on Saturday Night Live? Um, I appreciated it so much more as time went on. Really? Because when you're in it, you're you're just trying to survive. Mm-hmm. All all that I ever thought of was, okay, how do I not get fired? How do really? I not get fired? How do I keep going? How am I not going to get fired? How do I get people on my side? Hmm. And that was that was actually okay for the first year and a half, almost two years. And then uh, once my big support left. Like writers changed or something? Yeah, the or? two head writers left, and they were my big guns. They left, and they told me. I'll never forget this. They quit, and they said, you are. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And they said, this guy. Lauren didn't get you? It wasn't Lauren. Hmm. It was just Lauren is Lauren's the CEO. He just wants to make sure the machine works and keeps going. You know, your workers are your workers, and they're going to battle and blah blah blah. He really didn't wasn't get. He doesn't want to get too involved unless there's an, a major shift in the system. So I knew when I had a problem there, and the problem was. I think it was one of the last shows. It was, I think it was Matthew Broderick was hosting, and we, I had it out with the head writers. They were, they were, they were dicking around me and Tracy Morgan, and I already had three or four shows where they dicked me around and dicked around. I mean, they're cutting your sketches, or you're not on at all. Not, not only just, not only just cut. It's just you're fighting egos. It's twenty four seven egos, and um, I was already twenty eight. I'm married. I'm past the egos. I, I, I can't deal with it. I, it's hard to fight egos. And it's, you know, you're working on a sketch and on, on a Monday night or a Tuesday night <laughs> at 3 in the morning, and one comes in like, because they have your, I didn't even know this, they have all your computers linked to one, so they get to check and look at all the sketches. Wow. So he'd come into my room. Even if you're just messing around, they're looking at it? He'd come yeah. into my room and go, uh, I see that you're writing a sketch about blah, blah. I just want to let you know I'm doing one, so... You might want to do something else. Hmm. And can I take that ending that you have <laughs> and then not put you in it? Uh, hmm. Yeah, sure. <laughs> what do you, what that's, do? that's the general. Um, so that stuff was really hard to deal with. But I was such a fan of being there. I Even when I was cut, I would stand on the floor and watch other sketches and and root them on. You can hear me in in repeats giggling <laughs> in the back. You hear me like <laughs> you, you can. I've clearly heard that in Will Ferrell sketches when I was on and I'm not in. And seeing the bands, I'm ten feet, fifteen feet. I would come in on a Thursday and just watch Aerosmith rehearse. That just blew my mind. Just ten feet watching Aerosmith just come in, hang out, talk, and like, wow, this is sick. Right. And the stars, meeting celebrities, and all that jazz. Who were some of the, the guest hosts that were on that you, that you had, got to meet that you thought was pretty oh cool? Oh, my God. Tom Hanks, Alec Baldwin, Kevin Spacey. 
was we hung out after the show and we belly laughed hard. Mm-hmm. We hung out in an alleyway. <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. And we we were ha- one of the most talented, funniest guys ever. Um, John Goodman, Mayor Giuliani. Hmm. Wow, we got to hang out. That was sick. Sick. Got hammered with him <laughs> on Sambuca and red wine. Ripped. <laughs> hammered with Giuliani. How many people can say that? Oh, my God. We were t- and when we fought the way me and you did about Maiden and Priest, yeah. we fought over Mets and Yankees. Oh. He's a diehard Yankee, and we we there was a point where we I was so hammered. He was I went, dude, I will f- kick your ass and asses up handball. <laughs> and he's like, you couldn't. You play stickball. I said, I'll f- get, get your f- nephews. I'll fucking destroy you with stickball, Giuliani. Where, where'd you grow up? This bullshit. I'm Long Island. Long Island. <laughs> and that's it was f- hilarious. So, but. I just said this to someone. Two of the greatest moments watching people laugh was Lorne Michaels. To see Lorne Michaels laugh at me, we were at the reading table, and to have him go, that that is a moment I'll never forget. Like, if you can make that guy laugh. I made him burst out laughing with the first time I did Joe Pesci. And the first time I did Goat Boy, he couldn't. And then with Goat Boy, he's with Tom Hanks, and Tom Hanks couldn't get through the sketch. And that. <laughs> well, yeah, because Pesci, like, what, what, what is your Pesci? Give me a little Pesci. It started off like this. No one heard me do it. I went, hey, it's Joe Pesci. It's the Joe Pesci show. And I saw Lon's eyes just <laughs> bulge. And I went, this first guy, he's a good person. And he's going, <laughs> And I went, oh, my God, this is the coolest. I'm making Lorne Michaels crack up. <laughs> and that's all I wanted. I wanted to be um, – I wanted to make Lorne Michaels so proud. I wanted I wanted to be his star. I wanted to be the guy that was a star in a show and then go off, do movies, and come back. And, mm-hmm. Oh, God, I wanted that bad. The, 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 tip, the, the atypical SNL, you, you become a huge movie star I would have loved – but always come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really wanted that, do. but whatever. But I mean, but that's the secret to, to getting a lot of airtime on SNL is to have the reoccurring characters. Yes. Because like Pesci, and then you mentioned Goat Boy. Now, what the hell? It's a hilarious character, but how do you come up with Goat Boy? It was originally just Tourette's. It was, I pitched it. <laughs> you can't call him Tourette's Boy. Right. I pitched it as, <laughs> and I remember them looking at me like I was nuts. I went, listen, I want to do a character. It's a guy with Tourette's, and he, but he Tourette's is a goat. And they're looking at me like, what? I go, yeah. So he gets nervous and he likes singing. So if he's around a chick, he's like, hey, I think you're really I think you're cute. And hey, let's, you like this song? Start spreading the news. I'm leaving. And these <laughs> looked at me like I was batshit wild. And um, the end of the first year, <laughs> one of, one of like the Harvard writers comes up and he's like, Hey, um, I've been uh, I've been he's got glasses. I've been thinking about that sketch, the goat thing. Oh yeah, yeah, no, never mind, never mind. It's all good. He's like, No, no, no. He needs a backstory. I, 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 I got this I wrote something up and he wrote this whole thing where it was the government had an experiment to mix man and goat for a secret weapon to get him in the mountains and the experiment didn't work. And so now he just knows how to sing 80 songs, and VH1 hired him. <laughs> and I'm like, what? 
<laughs> That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. And he's like, well, we're just going to try it. Mm-hmm. And I was so annoyed because they had to put glue on my face. He's like a half goat. They made me fur. half goat. I got a hoof. I'm like, this is so stupid. But it murdered. It absolutely murdered. It became a thing. Became. I got a doll. It's There's a, doll. a goat boy doll. Yeah, it's a doll. <laughs> People come up to you and show, you still my goat boy doll? <laughs> Another thirty cents. I'll never see. Yeah, would you get royalties <laughs> off that? No, or, no. SNL. Yeah, yeah. SNL. Was there ever a, a talk of doing more with Goat Boy? Yes, like one of those SNL movies, yeah. maybe. Or? Yeah, but that's when we had that mutual. I'm out of there. Parting of the ways. Yes, right, right. right. Yeah. I would have loved to stay, but mm-hmm. I think I think it was uh, it was my last season, and they said they want to just hold you, but not not reissue. They don't want to contract every mm-hmm. year it was like boom you're you're back you're back they just want to hold you over the summer went oh whoa like a, like a retainer yes and that meant someone's talking about getting rid of you mm-hmm. and i actually got that phone call and it's like dude i don't know what happened but this guy and this guy want your blood mm-hmm. they want you out what so i call i'm like listen if these two guys the other guys told me these two. This is going to make my life miserable. I said if they're going to stay, let's just let's just call it a day. They don't like me, and it's, it's not going to happen. But that happens. Like you know, I had a radio show on XM, and the program director switched. Right. Or you know, in wrestling, the Booker, the guy who writes the stories. You're not his guy. Was, yeah. They bring in their guys. Yeah, these are my guys. You're out. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. That's business. Another one I still remember, and you, you probably did this once. I, I just laughed so hard about it. There was a Canadian snowboarder called Ross Rigbligotti. Or the pot guy? Pot guy. Dude, I did that sketch. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that's, you saw that's, that? That's why I still laugh with that. Not because of so much the sketch, the guy, but you kept singing Might As Well Be Walking on the Sun in between. Like, it's because that's a, that's a weed song. So you're like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Can I tell you Please. You know the All sketch right. better than me. Well, let me tell you something. By that, by that time, uh, let's just say I was. uh, There were times I was numbing myself. Right, right. And that particular sketch was cut, and I was done for the night. Mm -hmm. And I caught myself a nice little buzz, (laughs) and they said it's on, and I went. Uh, like we're, it's on tonight. Yeah, you're. So I went on air, and I, I'm, I'm peeking. <laughs> and if you watch that sketch, the best is Will Ferrell because he had to act confused, uh-huh. but he really was confused because I was improving and I couldn't read the. I couldn't. Because SNL is not improv. Friendly. No, it's very specific on the lines. Yes. right? yeah. And I couldn't. I would. I had a heart. I was freaking out. I was paranoid. <laughs> And so to calm myself, I was like, bah, 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 and the place started howling. <laughs> and then I kind of was like, whoa, is that me? <laughs> and it it was half improv and half real because I couldn't, I couldn't concentrate on reading. I started getting the giggles. <laughs> so that was as real as you can imagine. So the walking on the sun was an improv? Yes. Like? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember Will looking at me like all confused and I cracked up and <laughs> like, wow, this is a bad moment for me. Yeah, but, slash great moment that I it, still remember. But it worked well. It, it was, was a great, great sketch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, Canada, the, guy, the head of Roots, this guy Mike Budman, 
owns all the roots up in Canada. I love how his last name is Budman. Isn't that funny? Yeah, yeah. How ironic. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And he sent me all the Olympic Canadian gear. Because he was like, the exactly. sketch was unbelievable. Sketch well, was unbelievable. And the fact, I mean, that guy probably to this day has that, that Ross, I can't even pronounce his last name, Ross Rigubliotti. Yeah. Was on SNL. He probably loves you. Of like, course. That was like the I'm his legend. I get, to, I get to portray him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> final final couple questions. Uh, who, yeah. Who's your favorite band of all time? It's a tight one. Mm. I think I have to lean towards Priest. Mm. It goes, because... That's my first girlfriend. Right. But Priest, Metallica, ACDC, I can live in an island and be happy. <laughs> and see, I go back and forth. It's also moody, too. Mm-hmm. Like, I can listen. If I'm in a mood, I can I can play Metallica. For, yeah, maybe it is Metallica. It's, it's those are your three. Yeah, it goes Metallica. Priest, ACDC. Those are... It could be interchangeable. And you hear those heavy influences on the record. What's your singing style like? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm singing more of like a Hetfield type... uh, No. No. um, That's a good question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't even know how to describe it. I will say this, uh, and I don't know if this is a great thing. It just is what it is. I saw people... They released the song, uh, there's going to be a dick tonight. <laughs> there's going to be a dick tonight. No, he's going to be, be a, a dick tonight. Dick tonight. Right. He's going to be a dick tonight. <laughs> and people, the feedback I heard, like, dude, sounds like old Motley Crue. Your voice gets mm. up there. And I went, oh, all right. I didn't see that, but okay. Once you hear it. That's what I'm... Yeah, I don't know though. But yeah, when yeah. I listen to other songs, I don't. I don't that's a good question. I, I, are you going to go do some that. touring with with oh, the record? God, yeah, yeah. I want to get out there. To, to, are you going to combine it with your shows, or just going to be the Jim Brewer, uh, Loudon? Well, I think the madness behind it is first the music goes out, and I'll set up some song. If if I can do festivals, great. But the way I'd like to really tour this is. It's really my generation. It's 35 and over, grow up 80s metal, and you have kids. Mm-hmm. I want to get all of you to the show. And I know if I'm going to get you to the show, I want you to be entertained. from the t- So I want a multi-media thing going on. I want the videos in the back to be funny and perhaps uh, intro a song or two with a funny sketch. Mm, smart. And then... Yeah, and the and the and the stage is a three car garage. The whole the whole concept songs is songs from the garage. Yeah, the I, but yeah. The, the whole concept is I'm a family guy and I got to pull off this concert before my wife and kids get home. <laughs> That's, That's the whole, which is true when you're talking about being in your garage. Yes, listening to the thrash. Yes, yeah. it, it's really it's a concept. I'm gonna wear gym shorts, <laughs> a t shirt, and a and a. Rock jacket that, and probably headphones, <laughs> and that's going to be my outfit on stage because that's really me right. when I'm acting like a nut. Yeah. And so, um, and then the other end goal, which I've been thinking from the very beginning of time, I want this to be almost like a one-man show. Do you ever see Rock of Ages? Mm-hmm. It's Rock of Ages on a whole on a on a more personal it's it's 700 Sundays by Billy Christ by Billy Crystal meddled out. Ah, gotcha. Where everything I can do, 
I can go up and I can have an actress and the teenage girls and my father and blah, blah, blah. Boom. And that goes into Family Warrior. And now I'm having problems. I'm struggling with uh, the relationship with my teenage daughters. Boom. Raising teenage girls. You know what? I'm trying to get my it's head. Like, it's a concept, uh, like a yes. Broadway play. It's a full-blown concept. That's great. That's, that's, that's the only way. You know, if I, if I try to go out there and go, I'm a it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's not going to happen. You have to integrate what you already do, Correct. which is your live show, and bring those fans in to see this Correct. as well as the rock and, fans. And the thing that'll stand that'll bring the rockers will go, dude, the music kicks ass. Mm -hmm. He's not no uh, Metallica, Megadeth, uh, Five Finger Death, but, but, <laughs> but you know what? It's, I was... I was blown out of my mind, and I was entertained. Yeah, and it was funny. That's the idea, and that's that's the whole concept. L last question: What's your most obscure imitation that you do? Ooh, um, or your favorite? Uh, we, we... Ah, dude, I, you know it's really a bummer. And no more jackasses, <laughs> Stevo. <laughs> <laughs> ah, dude, let me tell you something, dude. We can we? I had to blow my ass on fire. <laughs> And I was in England, and, and they're like, dude, we want you to light your... I lit my asshole. I, I, the guys in the booth are laughing right now. Now I got a half an ass, and I'm like, hey, dude. And uh, Johnny Knoxville calls, and he's like, hey, I heard you got a semicolon. Fucking guy's out of his mind. <laughs> Jim, you're the best, man. Thank you. No, you are, man. Thanks for having me. That was great. <laughs> that was the best way you could have ended that. That was obscure. <laughs> All right, thanks to Jim Brewer. He is going on tour this summer and fall. He's doing stand-up comedy dates and band dates. Like he said, he wants to incorporate it, make a whole big rock and roll uh, concept, big rock and roll uh, play. Was it was Tommy? Rock and roll opera. Rock opera. That's what he wants to do. His first stand-up date is July 16th in Atlantic City. His first band date is July 17th in Chicago. All the dates listed on his website, officialjimbrewer.com and that's Brewer spelled B-R-E-U-E-R. -E -E Find him on Facebook at Jim Brewer. And while you're buying ticks for one of the shows, you should go ahead and pick up a copy of his new heavy metal album, Songs from the Garage. How funny was his Rob Halford imitation? Oh, my gosh. You can get it on Amazon, so you know what that means. Use the Talk is Jericho links to buy it, and you can support both Jim and your fave podcast with one fell swoop, one fell click. Just go to podcastone.com, click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page, Uagey, then hit the Talk is Jericho button. All the Amazon links are there. Amazon links for the USA, UK, and Canada. A Every time you use Talk is Jericho links, Amazon kicks back a small percentage to this show to help us cover production costs. No hidden fees or extra charges. So again, just go to podcastone.com. Click on the Killer Deals button in the top right corner of the page. Then hit the Talk is Jericho button and become a Talk is Jericho Amazon warrior. If you buy something on one of my links, post it on the Twitter at Talk is Jericho, and I will uh, retweet you, and I'll follow you as well on Talk is Jericho, okay? Something for everybody. little little gift for you there. And don't forget to check out all the rest of my sponsors on the Killer Deals part of the PodcastOne.com website. DDP Yoga is there, and the DDP Yoga Now app. Once again, you need to try this and get in the best shape of your life. It really works. This is not a pitch. It's real. DDPYoga.com slash Jericho. You'll get three free months of the DDP Yoga Now app, and it is worth every single penny. Please, please, I implore you. Get in better shape with DDP. And also, go. you can check out Guitar Center, Geico, all the great sponsors that help us keep this show on the air and keep the lights on. So thank you for listening. Keep listening for the 60-second AP News headlines coming up next. Stay hard, stay hungry, peace, love, and hugs. And next Wednesday, 
right here on Talk is Jericho. We're going to have Joe Satriani is going to be on the show. Yeah, one of the greatest guitar players of all time. Guitar player in Chickenfoot as well. Uh, he played in Deep Purple. He taught Kirk Hammett how to play guitar. He was a disciple of Jimi Hendrix. Great stories from Joe and also a huge guest next Friday, but I'm not going to tell you yet. You're going to have to wait till next week. And trust me when I say it's huge, as in huge, next Friday, huge guest. Next Wednesday, Joe Satriani, another huge guest. We got you rocking, we got you rolling, and we got you laughing. We will see you then. Take care. I love to love you, baby, and a big yeah, boy. You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com.